Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. This is Ira Sibuch, a 24-year-old from Kyiv, speaking on the first anniversary of the Russian invasion. You know, after all these months of war, I feel like I don't have enough emotions. This is something that war did to me, and I really don't like it. Ira is telling her story to the New York Times' Sabrina Tavernis. She continues, I just want to be that person I was before the war. I loved everything that was going on with my boyfriends, my job. I spent every Friday night with my friends, and I was a person I loved. I'm smiling right now because that was a crazy, perfect life. Now I just want to come back and feel the same. And sometimes I feel very lonely because of this. I come back to my parents' city where I had a lot of friends, and I say to my mom, I just don't know who to ask to go have a coffee with me because everybody has died. Sixteen friends have died in this war. This is a feeling of people my age, that I lost my youngness. Sabrina asks Ira where she is now. She is serving as a paramedic, she says, near Bakhmut. Ira continues, we are the team that goes to the front line and evacuates the injured. I'm in my car right now just trying to be quiet, to listen to what's going on outside. Sabrina asks her if she hears fighting. Yeah, for sure, she answers. I'm just waiting for the commander. If somebody is injured, we will have work. And then Sabrina asks her to tell a story of a time she saved someone's life. Ira responds, This is like many stories and nothing special. There was this person who was injured on their right hand by a drone, so he has really huge injuries with many, many, many parts of bombs in his hands, and we just helped him to the hospital. But after that, he located me. He wrote me, do you remember me? I just want to have a video call with you. And I said, man, no, not today. No video calls. I just evacuated you. I saw that maybe he wants to communicate with me, and I don't like such things. So that what I told him, no, no worries. Take care. But he said, please, I'm asking you, you need to have a video call with me. And I say, oh, my God, okay, just for a minute. And he says, yes, just for a minute. And he called me, and he said, I need to show you somebody. And he showed me his daughter. 
his six-year-old daughter. She's like a very tiny girl, and she was just smiling at me. And she said, hi, Ms. Ira. I just want to tell you, thank you, that you saved the life of my father. And that, says Ira, was a very strong moment. Sometimes here in the war, everything is very depressing. But at that moment, all my sadness, my tiredness, they were just gone. And I know why I'm doing this. And I can do more and stay. Because that guy needed me. His little girl needed me. Ira Seabook's phone rings. Just a moment, she sells Sabrina Tavernus. Just let me answer my commander. There's a pause. I'm very sorry, she says, but I need to tell my team that we have a new task. This is resurrection. And this is the heart of our faith when we open our hearts to the terror and the beauty, we will discover the strength to go on. Sometimes resurrection just happens. Sometimes it happens to us. Chances are, if we practice looking for it, we are less likely to miss it. And like everything, it will go better if we practice. Practice. Resurrection. Tadahatso Wash is a popular campsite for Colorado River rafting trips. A crescent-shaped beach safely tucked into the red wall of the Grand Canyon. In July of 2021, on the beautiful evening of their second day out, a commercial rafting trip had just pulled up on shore and was beginning to unload the boats and make camp when seemingly out of nowhere, it began to rain. And then the wind picked up and the rain turned to hail. 25-year veteran guide Liam O'Neill looked up at the usually dry rim drainage. Suddenly, it started to flow, increased in volume, and then exploded in a cloud of rust as a torrent of frigid water, huge boulders, and debris came pouring over the rim. A flash flood. Liam yelled, run. One camper described a a cloud turning the air red-brown as it descended on the beach like the wrath of a god. It was like opening your eyes in muddy water, he said. It seemed like the whole mountain was falling on us. When we got to the boat, I couldn't see five feet ahead of me. It seemed like the end of the world. The guide shoved off and steered for the middle of the river, away from the steep, collapsing walls. Liam's wife, Kristen, was hit by a large rock and fell into the 50-degree water. 
They were able to get her back onto the raft, but she was terribly injured. The guides set off the SOS from their in-reach devices and steered the boat two miles downstream to Redbud Alcove, where they set up a makeshift first aid tent. The storm lasted for an hour and a half. Five people were missing. Two of them were 76-year-old Nancy Crabb and her son Joel. The thunderous red cloud over camp had been completely disorienting. Nancy was knocked down and swept into the river. Joel hunkered down, covering his head, terrified for his mother, who does not swim. As soon as he could, he walked downstream looking for her, eventually reuniting with the group at Redbud. And then after the worst of it, he returned to camp. There he found two more of the missing people, a couple who had sheltered in a tent, which miraculously had been pitched just out of the path of the flood. But his mother was gone. The three survivors made their way to Redbud. Joel was inconsolable. Finally, a helicopter reached the group. Kristen was evacuated just before 3.30 the next morning. When the sun rose, Joel was sitting beside the river. His grief was terrible. One body had been recovered, but it wasn't his mother. She was gone. And then he looked up to see another rafting trip coming into view and someone waving wildly from the bow. It was Nancy, Joel's mother. Imagine. After being swept into the river the night before, she had managed to grab onto a dry bag floating past and later a cooler which kept her afloat. She drifted upstream in a roiling eddy current, and eventually she was pushed closer to shore and climbed out. Walking downstream, she came to the ruined Tadahatso Beach, covered in mud, rocks, boulder, and debris. It just resembled a war zone. She found the abandoned tent and spent the night cold and alone passing in and out of sleep. She assumed everyone had died. At daybreak, she went to the beach and sat on a boulder lodged there, and then she spotted the boat that picked her up and restored her to her son. This is resurrection. And this is the heart of our faith. Sometimes, defying every odd, there is nothing short of a miracle. To keep this faith is to practice resurrection. And sometimes it goes otherwise. Nancy might well have died. And then what? 
then somehow, against all odds, we carry forth our loved one's spirit. Somehow, we find the strength to bear that light. Somehow, we dig deep to find the resurrection in us. Gathered for the Seder meal with his disciples on his last evening of freedom, after Judas had departed, Jesus gave his final discourse to the remaining 11, his final instructions to those who would carry on after he was gone. A new commandment I give unto you, he said, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all people know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. You may not recognize this Jesus from what you know of many who call themselves his followers. The Jesus who taught love one another is the Jesus who associated with outcasts, adulterers, swindlers, and thieves, the disreputable, the morally wrong, the diseased, and lost, and lonely, and for all we know, the drag queens. His inner circle... Jesus' inner circle was a ragtag group of sinners to whom he preached, love one another. This, my friends, is the Jesus I know and love, the radical rabbi we can believe in, the Jesus that taught every time we choose faith over fear, choose love over hatred, and even and especially when it is hard, we practice resurrection. Practice resurrection. I have one more story for this Easter morning as told to Yaffa Eliak as she collected stories of Holocaust survivors. It was a dark, cold night in the Janowska road camp. Suddenly, a stentorian shout pierced the air, you are all to evacuate the barracks immediately. In a panic-stricken stampede, the prisoners pushed their way to the door and ran in the direction of a big open field. They reached it exhausted, trying to catch their breath. In the middle were two huge pits. Once more, the cold, healthy voice roared into the night. Each of you who values his miserable life and wants to cling to it must jump over one of the pits and land on the other side. Those who miss will get what they rightfully deserve. This was followed by wild, coarse laughter. Even in the best of times, it would have been impossible to jump over them. But the prisoners standing at the edge of the pits were feverish from starvation and disease, exhausted from slave labor and sleepless nights. Though the challenge was a matter of life and death, they knew that for the guards, 
It was merely another devilish game. Among the thousands of Jews on the field in Janowska was the rabbi of Blutzoff, Rabbi Israel Spira. He was walking in the direction of the pits with a friend, a freethinker from a large Polish town whom he had met in the camp. A deep friendship had developed between the two. Spira, all our efforts to jump over the pits are in vain, said the friend. We only entertain them. Let's sit down in the pits and wait for the bullets to end our wretched existence. My friend, said the rabbi, man must obey the will of God. If it was decreed from heaven that pits be dug and we be commanded from heaven that we must jump, pits will be dug and jump we must. And if, God forbid, we fail and fall into the pits, we will reach the world of truth a second later. And so, my friends, we must jump. The rabbi glanced down at his swollen feet. He looked at his young friend, a skeleton with burning eyes. As they reached the pit, the rabbi closed his eyes and commanded in a powerful voice, we are jumping. When they opened their eyes, they found themselves standing on the other side of the pit. Spira, we are here. We're here. We're alive, the friend repeated over and over again, while warm tears streamed from his eyes. Spira, for your sake, I am alive. Indeed, there must be a God in heaven. Tell me, Rebbe, how did you do it? I was holding on to my ancestral merit, he replied. I was holding on to the coattails of my father and my grandfather and my great-grandfather of blessed memory. Tell me, my friend, how did you reach the other side of the pit? His friend replied, I was holding on to you. Beloved spiritual companions, a young war medic who is, in turn, saved by a child whose father she saved. An elder who, against all odds, survives a hellish storm by wit and by grace. A rabbi who holds on to his ancestors as his friend holds on to him. And Jesus, whose final instructions were to love everyone, love the whole world, no exceptions. This is what it means to practice resurrection. When we open our hearts to terror and beauty and discover the strength to go on, when we choose faith over fear and keep the faith, when we bear the light of those who have gone before us, when we choose love over hatred, this is what it means to practice resurrection. <laughs>
let us practice resurrection. Amen. And now for a benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart and namaste. I bow to the divine in you. From Austrian poet Reiner Rilke, God speaks to each of us as God makes us, then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we but dimly hear, flare up like flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you, beauty and terror, just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life. You will know it by its seriousness. Give me your hand. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Happy Easter. Amen. visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.